Greeting friends and welcome to Belief Beat, a podcast out of Unity Lutheran Church in Brookfield, Wisconsin, where we talk with people that matter about things that matter. I'm Muriel, I'm your host for today, and this episode is actually part two of two in a short series we're doing on talking with kids about grief and loss. It is a universally experienced topic, but one that is really, really tough to navigate. So we called in two experts, Nicole Stangle, she's the bereavement coordinator at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, and Deborah Monasterio, who is the executive director at Kyle's Corner, a support community for families with grieving children, which is also part of Children's Support Services. You guys, the interview with these two longtime coworkers was, I am not exaggerating, incredible. It is a veritable gold mine of wisdom and guidance, which I am going to go back to again and again. Definitely take a listen to part one if you haven't yet. It looked at common questions adults have, like, should I tell my child when someone has died? What should I tell them? How much detail should I take them to the funeral? In this episode, um, we talk more about our faith, how to talk about abstract ideas like heaven, spirit, and eternity with pre-abstract thinkers, what's appropriate for different ages from infant through teen in terms of faith uh, and grief responses. And here they are. Take a listen. We've kind of moved there already, but so just thinking of kind of that elementary age and, and how would you find the balance between helping them know that they're safe and honesty, right? Like if they say like, are you going to die too? Um, or am I going to die? What, <laughs> what, how would we respond to that? Honestly, yes. um, actually my, <laughs> my, my six-year-old asks that a lot because my parents are both dead and I happen she doesn't know the urns are are in our dining room. <laughs> I, I I say that until she'll get older. Um, but so she she always asks about my parents, and then she's like, "Are you going to die?" It's like, "Yes." I said, "But hopefully, right?" Because we can't promise, right? You know that I'm not going to die until I'm older. But I'll say, hopefully, mommy's not going to die for a really really long time. So you could say but mostly yes. people Every- mostly people die when they're after they've lived for a really long time. Right. So it's yes, everybody dies. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and she'll react because that that's like she doesn't want to hear that, you know, and and that can be sad. And yet, but it, it's the truthful. But then we want to, you know, and hopefully that's gonna be a long, long time. You know, mommy's gonna be really, really old, or you're gonna be a lot really really old when when mommy dies so we we want to put it in into to that language um and speaking of elementary age kids um and when deb said about the generalization the other thing that they happen to do is they're very magical thinking yeah so slightly older kids yeah yeah, will believe that their thoughts could could control or change circumstances so (gasps) I was really mad and I thought this ugly thought I hate you um I wish you weren't here and then that person you know dies and they think oh my goodness that was because I had that thought or I said that um and and they they truly believe that Mm -hmm. um so we need to help them understand that that isn't true 
um, and we need to to make sure we're having a conversation to help them understand. You know, the reason that that Uncle Jim um, died was because his heart was just so weak. It it was so tired, and it couldn't it couldn't work the way it needed to anymore. And eventually, um, his heart stopped working, and that's why Uncle Jim died. Um, you know, again, they might not be able to verbalize that. You'll you'll most likely see a lot of behavior, and it's far easier to be mad than it is to be sad. So the fact that we see a lot of anger um, is very common, and and we want to we want to give them the opportunity, um, if at all possible, to talk about what's making them mad. Um, mm -hmm. It's okay to have this feeling. Um, you're probably really mad and a lot of people might be uh, i know you had fun with uncle jim and and now that's changed hasn't it um and then inviting them to talk yeah you know i'm really sad because we were gonna go fishing and uncle jim promised that and blah 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 um and letting them talk about that and and you know being an active listener instead of a, a lecturer um, is, is I think one really big piece of advice is they need to get that out. And however they do that, whether it's through their play or their behavior, that's their way of, of processing this, this big impactful change. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. Yeah. Be a listener okay. instead of a lecturer. Yeah. yeah. Not my, an area of growth for me, let's say. <laughs> I have to remind <laughs> myself as well <laughs> can i ask um one other thing i've heard nicole i don't know if, if you've seen this but um i've also heard parents ask why might be really weirded out that their kid does not seem sad yes so i i always talk about adults we grieve like 24 7. we most of us do not have the ability to kind of shut it off it's, it's we're grieving. Kids, on the other hand, really have this amazing ability that I, I wish we as adults had more of to kind of process. And when they're kind of done processing, then they're done for that that moment. And then they can they can move forward and, and do whatever they're doing. And it's almost like a light switch. So they can turn it on when they need to process and then turn it off when they're done. And so you see that switch, especially in that elementary age mm -hmm. where your, your child can be, you know, just crying and sad and, and talking about it. And literally 30 seconds later, asking you if they can go outside and play with their friends, like nothing's happened. And you're like, okay. Right. <laughs> or, or you tell them something really sad and, and they're like, oh okay can i go outside to play and you're like oh my god i'm raising a psychopath because they don't care uh, and then that's not the truth that's not the way it is it's just that's the way kids process so they can jump back and forth between processing their grief and then kind of behaving like nothing's happened and and that's perfectly normal and it's just the way they they do it and a question that i get a lot when people call up is concern over my child is having funerals for their 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 dolls or their stuffed animals 
right? And I'm like, that's perfectly normal. And, and it's actually very healthy because, because they're expressing themselves that you can tell that they're thinking about that. And so that might seem a bit, you know, morbid, morbid, morbid. <laughs> but it's not, it's not. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. helpful. And yeah. then that's how um, they process. Yeah. Deborah, I was wondering if you had thoughts about um, our own emotions and how much, if any, is appropriate to let our kids see. Excellent question. And this is something that we really try to help parents understand because they think that um, they're somehow hurting their child if, if they let their child see them grieve. And actually it's quite the opposite. Um, the child is looking to that grown up as a role model, mm -hmm. as, as an example. And so if they don't see that, that you are grieving, um, then it's really kind of almost telling them, well, they too cannot grieve. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've had parents say, well, I, I try so hard to get through the day without crying. And then once the kids are in bed, you know, then I'll let myself cry. And actually we try to help them understand it would be so much better if you let yourself cry in front of them mm -hmm. and explained why you're crying. You know, right. mama's really sad right now. I, I really miss uncle Jim. Uncle Jim was really important to me too. And um, you know, it, it, it hurts and I feel bad and, and just letting them realize, oh, you know, this is, this is what we do um, because that parent really is the role model. Mm -hmm. So by not grieving uh, in front of them, they're really getting the wrong message. And do we need yeah. to pair that with like, yeah, I'm going to be okay or, or something like that? Or do they, do they not need that? I think they need to know that we we have these feelings and that these feelings aren't good or bad, that they're information. So mm -hmm. saying something like, I'm really sad right now and, and this really hurts. And you know what? Do you wanna go for a walk with me? That might make me feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, something like that so that you're introducing coping skills as well as a way to, what do I do when I'm feeling just way too much? Um, way too overwhelmed. And so, so, and then to help them understand, and you know what, I know that I'm going to maybe feel this way a little bit and for a while, and, and then I'm going to feel different. And just like the clouds change and go by, um, sometimes we have really sunny weather and sometimes it's rainy and windy. And that's what happens with our, with our feelings. So again, that concrete relationship between something that they could see mm -hmm. to understand something that's abstract that they don't really quite understand so they know they won't they're not going to feel like that forever, forever. Right. 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 right right and that's a very important point to make muriel i'm really glad you made that point because that is how they think that this is how they're going to feel forever and ever and ever because they don't understand time so if you say oh you'll feel you'll feel better you know next next week or whatever that doesn't make sense to them mm -hmm. um so again connecting to something concrete that does make sense to them is helpful okay and what about what about our older what about like 
middle, middle school, high school, or even just older elementary. Yeah, I would say what Deb just said about role modeling, it's just as important for our older kids. Mm -hmm. And and role modeling for every emotion that comes up with grief, because grief, you know, isn't just being sad. Sometimes we're really mad. And sometimes we're, we're we feel lonely. Sometimes we may feel guilty. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of emotions that that come with, with grief. And to acknowledge all of them. And um, and I think it can, it's just as important to role model with our older kids that middle school, high school of these are emotions, they're okay. They're neither good nor bad. And then what do I do about it? How do I express this in a healthy way? Right. How do I take care of myself in a healthy way? Yeah. And to be um, proactive about that. Exactly. To not wait until you're so overwhelmed that you kind of have a meltdown. Um, and especially for middle school kids and high school kids, their peer groups are most important at that point in their development. So the fact that we have parents saying, oh, they just won't talk to me is not at all surprising um, because they would much rather talk with, with a friend. Um, so, so keeping that in mind, and then as well as not, um, not peppering them with, with too many questions. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Is there anything you wanna talk about? Um, are you okay? You know, blah, 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 blah. Right. I'm here, I'm here if you need to talk. You know, like, ugh. Um, yeah. It's hard, it's hard not to do that because our inclination is, let me fix everything. Um, let me make you feel better. And, and that, is, that is not our job. In yeah, fact, yeah. by trying to do that, you're minimizing what they're feeling and, that, and you're minimizing that relationship they had with that person. Yeah. So the more they can understand that our grief is an expression of love, um, and that it's something that that needs to happen and something that they have permission to do is is really key. Um, having that physical presence. So going for a walk, um, you know, might become something that really is helpful. Um, sitting next to someone instead of expecting a face to face conversation. So car, you know, rides. car, rides, car rides, walks, are those are kinds of things. And then I know this is super hard. Uh, especially for people that like to talk. Um, but we have to get comfortable with that awkward okay. silence. So, you know, the inclination might be, so Mariah, how was your day? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and that isn't always helpful. Sometimes, sometimes really, really just biting your tongue and letting them initiate a conversation um, is huge. And to not, um, I guess, to, to not make light of that, that it's a lot more powerful and impactful than you might think. Mm -hmm. To just physically be there um, and perhaps start with an open-ended question so what was today like? Right. Um, and then don't say anything and, and let them decide if they're going to answer that or not. Ah, it was okay. And then, you know, your inclination might be, well, what was okay? And, and da, 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 da. yeah, try not, try not to do that with teens. Um, let them decide if they're ready to talk. Um, I think so often we get 
questions and calls from from parents they won't talk and and i'm just really worried and um and i think once parents understand that one people grieve very differently everyone grieves in their own unique way um so just because you might not see a lot of emotion doesn't mean that they're not thinking about right, that right. um and and they're really they really are grieving you just might not recognize it in our um you know the way the way movies and tv show what grief looks like not everyone grieves that way yeah we talk <clears throat> about different grief styles yeah and there's the intuitive grief style and the instrumental grief style and intuitive is the person who is really in touch with their feelings and they express their feelings and they want to talk about their feelings mm -hmm. and all of that and then then instrumental griever is the griever who wants to be action orientated and they're very cognitive so they will think about their feelings and but they want to do so they're more active with their grief and both are very healthy they're just different and most of us are kind of a blend mm -hmm. of both but fall on one spectrum or the other now in general girls and women tend to be intuitive and boys and um, men tend to be instrumental but that's not always true because i'm instrumental and my husband's intuitive mm -hmm. i was just um, gonna ask you too what you are <laughs> and 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 that's it's really good to know because like deb said everybody grieves differently so just because they're not expressing how you think it should be is is maybe to think about more of that style of grief i had um a couple come up to me um, with their, it was their middle schooler and they were very upset because they're like, she's not crying. And they are like, how do we get her, get her to cry? How do we get her to cry? And I'm like, but not everybody's a crier. And, and yeah. it's okay, just if like they're it's, not. <laughs> it's okay if they cry and it's okay if they don't cry, yeah. to, you know? And as we were talking, you know, I was telling them about the, you know, the different styles of grief and they went, Oh, you know what? She's running every morning. She never ran every morning. And I was like, oh. And and as they were talking, they thought, oh, do you do you think maybe that's when she's grieving or when she's processing? I think I have a pretty strong hunch <laughs> that since that's what's happened since the, the death has occurred, that that's probably what she's doing is that that's her way of, of kind of processing. It gives her that time and that space. And some people like to be very physically active. That just, that helps that part of their brain um, process through all that. So, and then it's like, oh, okay, she is grieving. It's like, yep, she's just not grieving in the way that you thought like she should be grieving. Mm -hmm. um, so just to keep that in mind, you know, we'll see kids, um, especially when we hit that middle school, um, high school, sometimes there can be kind of those extremes of behavior. So either they kind of really pull into themselves. So if they were really involved with their friends or they were you know, on different teams or in different activities and now all of a sudden they don't wanna be 
in any of activity. They kind of want to distance themselves from the teams. We'll see that. Um, or they're totally throwing themselves into those social interactions. Um, or we'll see some of more assertive or aggressive behaviors, mm -hmm. um, some risk, a little bit more risky behavior sometimes we'll see with, with the older crowd, um, with teens. So a lot of times it's those behaviors, but they're on the extreme ends of whatever behavior that, that is that we'll see. Okay. And I think, I think what's really important for, for parents, and this is kind of the whole spectrum, is sometimes when we're seeing behaviors that they're doing that we know aren't healthy, sometimes because we know it's grief, we, we kind of give them grace, right? And we have to be careful with giving them grace on what those behaviors are, because even though we understand why they're behaving the way they're behaving, doesn't mean that that's, that behavior is appropriate or even healthy. So we wanna make sure that we're, we're maintaining what are appropriate expectations and that discipline remains like there's the boundaries. We have boundaries and we wanna give the, we wanna maintain those boundaries and those structures yeah. because that will create that safe environment that security. for that security for, yeah. for our kids for our teenagers, we, we know that they need that. And during this time, almost now more than ever. So relaxing that, you gotta be careful because it's like, right, it's contextual. So they're, 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 we should be a little bit flexible because we know they're grieving. And yet at the same time, keeping that, you know, that if you behave this way, there's consequences. I understand why but there's still going to be consequences for it. Let's find a healthier way to express your anger yeah. or express your sadness. And that really speaks to of, of the, the necessity to be proactive and to have conversations before um, a teen is kind of backed into a corner and then kind of has a meltdown um, because they just they just don't know what else to do. So helping them understand what they might anticipate and, and helping them realize that this is normal, this is part of grief, it impacts our entire body. So the fact that you're having headaches, the fact that you're not able to focus, um, the fact that it takes you so much longer to complete something, those are all very normal reactions that's grief. And, and sometimes we're, we can connect those dots really easily, very close after the, the death. It's when it's several months out that we're like, what is going on? Um, and we need to remember that, that that is a big important piece, um, that it's still grief and it, it mm -hmm. takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, it is not a quick, you know, yeah. okay, I'm all better kind right. of thing. Um, Deb's really, I mean, that's a really important point that Deb just made about that time piece with society right now. We are instantaneous. We want yeah. things over. We expect things right away. We get three days of bereavement leave from work, right? So we think, and so often we'll hear people saying, well, it's been three months. 
Wh mm -hmm. Why are they still struggling at school? Or, you know, why are they still crying? Or it's six months, right? This is, you don't get a medal at the end there. First of all, grief doesn't ever end. <laughs> it's a forever thing. Um, it's, it, we integrate it into our lives into a healthy way, but it's still there because if it, especially if it was somebody very, very close to us, you know, we're always going to miss them just because they're no longer here physically doesn't mean that relationship ends. Right. We want to actually carry that relationship forward into our lives. And that's what grief is about. It's about figuring out how do we do that? How do we maintain those bonds when they're not here physically with us? Mm -hmm. And that looks different for everybody, but that's what we're figuring out with grief. And so, you know, that takes that. So that's going to be a forever thing. We want to see the intensity of those emotions or those behaviors or those thoughts and the frequency of them dissipate over time. You know, but like I said, this, there's no metal at the end because there's no end and the faster you get through things is like, right? It's just, and everybody's going to be different. Mm -hmm. And even in one family, yes. everybody's going to be grieving different and, and their timeline is going to look different. And, and grief takes, you know, in that first year, I'm always telling people, oh, but it's so fresh. And they look at me like I'm, I'm, I've lost my mind because they're like, but it's been, you know, 11 months. I'm almost coming up on a year. Yeah, that you're still really fresh. You know, this is still really new grief. Yeah. Um, so to recognize that, yeah, th this is going to be you know, something that you're probably going to be processing and kind of working on, especially with a really close relationship for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then there's mm -hmm. going to be triggers, yes. right? There's going to be, you know, anniversaries, there's going to be birthdays, there's going to be holidays. There's going to be different things that are going to be harder because, yeah. you know, oh, geez, you know, it's Father's Day and this is the first Father's Day or the, you know, the 12th Father's Day without dad. Yeah. yeah. Or, or there's going to be a smell mm -hmm. or a, a color or a song, something, yeah. something that out of the blue that you have no control over and unexpectedly get triggered in, in a memory. Um, just recognizing that that's going to happen and it's not anything to be afraid of and being prepared in how we respond to that right. so that it isn't like oh my goodness um and when we're talking about middle schoolers and high schoolers i think one of their biggest fears is kind of um you know losing losing face in front of peers so the idea of someone becoming so overwhelmed that they can't control their emotions in front of peers is is most likely a you know worst nightmare scenario um, so we want to help them be prepared in the event that they they mm -hmm. are um you know experiencing that that yeah yeah, I, wave is a really good word um, because it does. It just comes over you and, and you can't stop it. So knowing that if this happens, you know, 
my teachers are aware and I have permission to give them that post-it note and I'm just going to leave the room so I have some privacy to let to let that happen. Um, so that being said, it's it's essential mm -hmm. that the adults in in the kids lives, whether they're in kindergarten or they're a senior in high school, all the adults in that child's life, coaches, teachers, uh, staff, faculty, they need to be aware so that um, they can better support that child. Um, and school districts vary. Some, some school districts can be very proactive and other, other districts really wait um, to hear what your wishes are and, and for you to, to set the tone and share your expectations. So um, kind of thinking that, you know, it, it, it's all the same district to, from district to district um, doesn't happen. So um, the parents are the advocates. So yeah. You can be proactive and, and yeah, and, and right. they have to be. Yeah. Because, you know, I, unfortunately, um, even though this is probably being experienced by a lot of kids on, on some level with that grief pieces, you know, the teachers haven't had that, that education piece. So they, they don't know necessarily what to do. And if they're not told, right, they're not told then that this won't. death occurred, then yeah. they certainly aren't going to know, but really advocating for your child and, and, you know, pre-planning with the teacher and the child of, you know, like Deb said, but they're older, but even elementary, yeah. you know, to have that, okay, if, if you get that grief wave, I'm gonna put my, my eraser on the left-hand corner of my desk, that's signaling because I'm not gonna go, hello, I'm, I'm grieving, I'm, I'm feeling sad, can I leave, right? right? But I'm gonna put the, the eraser on the corner of my desk that means I have permission now to stand up and I'm, I'm going to go to a designated place that was decided beforehand, mm -hmm. you know, at a designated time. time. So it's not a, I don't really feel like math today. Right. You know, exactly. um, and then, and then really to have a basket ready with, with some things that might be helpful. So some fidget toys, Play-Doh, um, lotion that has a soothing scent, um, something to, to kind of help them ground themselves and kind of come back down so that they feel like they're in control again. I love, so, how, I love how practical both of your, uh, <laughs> I love how practical your advice is even on, you know, we're talking about emotions, which are so, abstract and, and yet your your both your recognition of um, behaviors and strategies is also practical. I wanted to circle back to uh, something you had mentioned, Nicole, which is this idea that relationships actually go on forever. Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to just think a little bit about our faith and how as Christians, we can talk about our faith in appropriate ways with our kids. So I would say, um, you know, we, we kind of have, there's a lot that we don't know about what happens when we die. Um, and a lot that our faith does not tell us. And there's almost nothing in the Bible about heaven. There's nothing in the Bible about um, people becoming angels. Um, right. A lot that is mystery. But I think what we do know is that, or what we believe as Christians for sure, is that our bodies are temporary our souls or some part of us is eternal. 
and whatever happens when we die, we're with God and it's good, we're good. So thinking about how we communicate that with different ages, especially because there's some big switch, right? Where kids like before it, they can't do abstract thinking and after it, they can. Mm -hmm. So like, this seems like this would be very different, but like, where's that point? It's usually middle school um, okay. and it, it varies a bit from person to person, um, but usually um, it's around 13, 12, yeah. 13 years of age. Um, and, and that's when they're able to start to understand the finality of death and the fact that it's universal. So they're able to start thinking more like an adult with an adult understanding. Mm -hmm. um, so and even so that abstract that, thinking. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say even that abstract thinking of the different components of our faith, right? Of of heaven and um, eternity, and and what does that all mean? So bringing in our 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 faith, that's going to look so different with our with the littles versus how, the conversation we can talk about as they get older and have that that ability to think abstractly. So what, so tell us, cause you had had this, just a fascinating story about, yeah. and I think, I think sometimes we unintentionally cause harm when we share abstract ideas about faith with those little, little. So tell us, right. yeah. tell us about that girl going on the airplane. Um, so the story I had shared earlier with you is um, I'd been working with a, a father and his little girl um, mom had died, and um, a couple years later, after after the death, um, dad and daughter were going to be going to Disney World. And as he's telling me about this, and he was saying that, you know, um, he thought she would just be ecstatic, right? Disney World and seeing the princesses and and all that. And um, but all she kept talking about was the airplane, and she couldn't wait to fly. And he was like. Mm, okay. So she's really excited to have her first flight. And it wasn't until they were actually in the airplane and they were flying that he understood what she was so excited about because when they were talking about heaven and she would ask, well, where's heaven? He would say the sky. Up in the sky, right? Because it's abstract. So it's kind of up there. And so she told him, oh, I'm really excited because now I'll get to see mommy mm. because we're up in the sky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so kids take what we say very, very literally. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would say that um, there was harm done, but there are obviously confusion, right? And, and her excitement and then look down because no, we're not going to see mom. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, we're up in the sky, um, <laughs> but that's yeah. not heaven, right? So it's it's just being very, like Deb said earlier, of we really have to be mindful of the language that we're we're using when we're we're talking to them um, because they are so concrete and literal mm -hmm. with the language. And so, so what would we, be? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What, what would be appropriate from a faith perspective for those younger, really concrete thinkers? 
like would you imagine saying that they're with God mm -hmm. I could even imagine saying and some of this is contextual um, because it also depends on what your conversations were before mm -hmm. the death like how were you talking about your faith you know before the death occurred um, so to be introducing a You don't need to, um, I just want to make sure my connection to the, okay. Yeah, sorry. You're <laughs> just, back. You're okay. Back. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, that you don't want to be introducing those new concepts because they're not going to understand that. But if you've talked about heaven before, I think it's okay to say, you know, um, Uncle Jimmy's in heaven. And if they ask where, or if they ask any questions, right, about something, it's always, always okay to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? that's, that's funny. People often come to pastors really like, my kid's asking all these questions. What should I say? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> say, I don't know. That is there's so much of our faith that is a mystery. It is absolutely right. fine to say, I don't know. But I, I do... Well, you tell me if this sounds appropriate to you, but we we do often say um, they're with God, and we know they're they're okay, mm -hmm. right? Okay, they're good. Yeah, and I think that's appropriate because that's our that's the faith, right? Is that after we die, that you know we're we're going to go and spend eternity with with God, if you know you have that the Christian you know faith and. Um, so I think then it's okay to say if they're they're with God that they're no longer in pain, right? If they they were um, they were dying of a disease or anything like that, right? They're they're no longer in pain or they're happy, yeah. Right? I mean, we can kind of talk in those vague mm -hmm. vague terms. I think that's that's appropriate. Once again, depending on how you were talking about it beforehand. Yeah, I also think we often say to, to actually not talk about something like your spirit or your soul with little kids because they that that just doesn't it's totally it. abstract but could so, you yeah. say could you say something like like their love like that love will last forever or your memories will last yes absolutely that will yeah. always be there yeah. yeah. In fact, we have we have some wonderful book That's recommendations. <laughs> and and there's one in particular that truly stands out and addresses this so nicely because it it creates that concrete example that they yeah. that they so desperately need in trying to understand something abstract that mm -hmm. we really don't have answers for um, and that book is called the invisible string um, and we do uh we do an activity where do you know that one i do okay okay jump in i will jump in and say to everybody who's listening that we have a great collection of kids books about death and grief at church that we, there's a lot of bad stuff out there, especially in the name of Christianity. So if you want good books for this, good resources, come to church and we have that. And I bet you two have great resources for families too. We do. Mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing and what's out there in the community for families? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Kyle's Corner of Children's Wisconsin provides free grief and bereavement services to kids, teens, and their families. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the services are free. Uh, registration is required. Um, and adults remain on site while uh, littles, middles, and teens go upstairs for programming. Um, we meet twice monthly and the groups are facilitated by trained volunteers and our, our topic each time is, is grief related, but it's different each time. So that means that we have open groups and anyone is welcome to join at any time. Mm -hmm. um, we have semesters, so much like school, we have a fall and a spring semester. Our January term um, is special events. And then we have special programming uh, in the summer as well. Yeah. So um, it's definitely something that we know can make a huge difference, especially yeah. for those middles and, and teens. So those yeah. 12 through 18 year olds um, who really are starting to, to need that, that peer support um, as well. It's an opportunity to share their grief experiences. It's an opportunity to normalize those feelings and realize, oh, I'm, I'm not the only one that had that thought or that worry. Um, and that can be remarkably powerful. Yes. So um, yeah, that's a priceless resource for us. Today. Yeah, it, it truly is because, um, you know, grief can, can be very isolating. It can turn our world completely upside down. Mm -hmm. um, it can make us feel very scared about things that we never even thought of before. Yeah. So I feel like we're going crazy. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Yeah, where people express kids and adults expressing like, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like there's something wrong with me, you know, and yeah. so to even hear, like Deb said, that the emotions that they're feeling or the thoughts that they're having, or even the behaviors, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. that they're experiencing, um, that those are all normal. Yeah. And, and it's okay. It, it, it feels really uncomfortable because it's not our norm. Yes. But that there, but that it's okay to have those feelings mm -hmm. and that, you know, you're not going crazy. You're, 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 yeah. you're perfectly normal. And I mean, and it's amazing how normalizing that things can go a whole way. Yes. And kids never, whether they're young and especially when they get up into that middle school, high school age, right? They don't want to be different. Right. Yes. They don't want to be different than their peers. And, and when you're grieving, like Deb said, you, it feels very isolating and you feel very different. So to realize like, wow, there's kids my age yeah. that are going through something very, very similar to me right. with the same thoughts or the same feelings that, it, that what a relief. Oh, it's not just any. Yeah. yeah. So it is. So, and it's an opportunity to talk about something that just isn't yeah. something that you can talk about at school, you yeah. know, sitting across from someone <laughs> at the lunch table, having a conversation about, you know, the death of your grandma just doesn't fly. <laughs> um, and so you're with other people that that want to have those same kind of conversations or or need to have those conversations. Yeah. And Kyle's Corner of Children's Wisconsin provides that opportunity in a safe right. environment. Um, 
that that allows them to think and talk about things, to ask questions, and to really process what's happening. Um, you know, with with a lot of support and guidance um, and adults remain on site and they receive um, a psychoeducational piece about what the kids are learning that evening, what the topics objectives were, how you can extend conversations that were initiated that evening and then additional resources that might be helpful based on that particular topic um and then and, how do they parent right well they're because oftentimes you're grieving too as an adult so you're experiencing all of these things you're feeling discombobulated you're feeling like you can't concentrate you're being triggered by your six-year-old asking you the same question you know 30 times about the grief so every time you have to re-explain that that's so difficult for you to do, right? Yeah. Because it just is hard. Um, so how do you parent when you're grieving, but your children are grieving too? And, and how, how do you do that balance? And, and so mm -hmm. to be able to talk to others once again, right? That are going through the same thing. Yeah. How do I handle the holidays? There's no way I wanna bring out the Christmas tree right. or put up Christmas decorations, but yet, I've got three kids, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and then how do you balance the grief piece with kind of having some of that normalcy? And that's gonna look different for each family, but still being able to talk to others um, and walk through that is, is so powerful. Right. And, um, and Kyle's Corner of Children's Wisconsin is part of the bigger um, bereavement program that we have at Children's. And, you know, we offer, and this is for the community, we offer um, workshops throughout the year. A lot of that special um, programming during the January or during the summer programming. Um, this is open to everybody. We have workshops throughout the year. We have camps. We have family camps, children camps that we, we provide. We have memorial programs. We have resources. So sometimes families call and they're just, they're looking for those books. Yeah. Right? Like what are some books or what are some activities that I can do with my kids? Mm -hmm. You know, we, we provide some of those ideas yeah. Um, those concrete practical things that you can do. Yeah. I just don't know what to say. Help me. Yeah. How, how do I say this? Um, so we have videos as well that are short and that might, you know, help open up a conversation. So um, especially with really young kids that this might be their very first experience. And again, we go back to that. What's a funeral? You know, right. what, what, what does that mean? They died. Um, some of those very basic um first time experiences yeah well just you know from the pastor perspective um it's a really precious part of our job that we get to see people mm -hmm. when they're facing some of these hardest moments and what you're saying is such a good reminder of something we all say all the time which is just don't don't go through it alone right yeah. right so i just want to add for anybody who's listening these are incredible resources um, that Children's has in our community and um, definitely we encourage you to use them and we definitely encourage you to consider us as and your church 
um, as another great place. We are always, always happy to talk with you um, about anything. And sometimes that's the conversation you need. And sometimes we're just the launching pad to right. other resources that are out there. But please know that um, we love you. And this is exactly why we're here. Life is really hard and grief is always going to find us one way or another. And so when it does, um, that's why we're here and come lean on us. Um, but uh, I'm so grateful to both of you for your, your incredible wisdom, um, your humor, your insights, your clarity, and for the work that you're doing. And can I bless you and the work that you're doing? Oh, I love it. Thank before you. We, before we part, let's see, why don't we... Um, just take a moment to pray and to bless Nicole and Deborah before um, they go on their way. Oh God, uh, I say that we start praying now, but it's kind of been a prayer all along because we know that you um, are right in the middle of all of our grief and it's a part of life. And as Deborah said, uh, grief is love. And, and that's so at the core of who you are and how you feel about us. So thank you um, for these two incredible women. And we ask that you would continue to bless their work. May everybody who needs that support find their way to them. Uh, may you give them um, just a lot of um, clarity and energy and good people to do it with. Um, and may all of us kind of be these channels through which your healing um, comes to people when they need it most. We pray for everybody who's listening, um, whatever grief they have had or will have, um, may that be something that they don't have to go through alone. Um, give us really good words to talk about our faith, to be honest about what we don't know, and to be really grounded in what we do know. Um, which is that um, when we die, we are with you and it is good and love lasts forever. Um, so help us be okay with all the rest that's mystery. Help us be honest with our kids and with each other um, and help all of us to just do life together. We pray all of these things in your healing name. Amen. Thank you both so much for your time. Thanks for everything that you're doing. We will share your wisdom as well as links to all of the resources that you've mentioned um, on our website and Facebook page and in our podcast. But God bless you both as you go. Thank you so, Thank you. so much. Thank you. Thank it was you. a pleasure to meet you. Very much so. Thanks again to Nicole and Deborah for their wisdom. And thanks to all of you for listening in. We are going to take a brief hiatus from podcasts for the next couple weeks as staff head out on several church trips. But we will be back mid-August to talk with some of the travelers from those trips, bring back their stories to share with you, as well as a fabulous collection of stories we are gathering from folks who grew up during the World War II era. Until then, God bless you and keep you, my friends. Go in peace.